Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning. Good to see a few of you on. Thanks, Deb. Welcome back. Yes, indeed. I took a little bit of a time last week. I was going to come back on Thursday, but I was having such a good time, I decided to extend it a couple of days and uh, take a full week out. So uh, haven't seen you guys for a week. I hope you're all well, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. <clears throat> Welcome back to another Wealth Coffee Chat, kicking things into gear on this marvellous Monday, the 22nd. A bit of a shout-out. Deb, Chris, Trace, Brendan, thanks for joining us this morning. Good uh, good morning to you guys. Morning to the two Facebook users. Usually when uh, I can't see your name, it's usually you guys are in one of the private groups, but uh, whoever you are, good to see you. Donna, good morning. Great to see you guys. Hey, listen, uh, while we're just uh, warming things up a little, I'll do the quick intros. Most of you guys know this, but um, if you don't and you're new, Jason Witten's my name. Welcome along. If you're new, let us know where you're coming in from, what you're up to. Great to have uh, newbies wandering along. You might be uh, joined one of our programs of recent times or you might be just uh, accidentally finding us, whatever the case is. Uh, welcome. Good morning. Good morning, Alison. Kelly. Been property investing over 20, 22 years myself coaching property investors across Australia and New Zealand with my crew. And uh, along the way, we've done thousands of deals, uh, and I mean thousands, thousands and thousands of property deals with our clients. And um, we've learned a couple of things, and each morning I get a chance to have a coffee, get the day started, hang out with you guys for uh, maybe about 15 or 20 minutes just to share some wisdom or some opinions or some ideas or some observations whatever that might be. Hey, good morning, Joe. Hey, good morning, Simon, all the way from Tassie. Great to have you on uh, on the show this morning. Thanks for joining. Thanks for joining. Hey, listen, today um, I thought we might talk a little bit about some of the information I was just reading over the weekend uh, when it comes to the idea of people selling their properties and uh, making profits or not making profits. Now, you guys know my philosophy. Morning, Margaret. Um, my philosophy is that um, property is a slow-moving beast and the idea is about buying real estate, especially if you're building a property portfolio team and um, wanting to create profit and cash flow in the future. The idea is buy these properties, keep them for a, a long time because Property is a very inefficient vehicle. The in and out costs of real estate are, are terrible, basically. Taxes, costs, etc., stamp duties, the lot uh, take away. But let's have a bit of a look at what I was reading on the weekend. Hang on, where is it here? There it is. Um, and uh, having a little look at what's going on in the marketplace. The marketplace is adjusting right now. The, we've had a, an excellent run, and unless you've been living under a rock, you've seen this. The last couple of years, the direction of the property market has been a nice upward trend, which has been fantastic. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, very happy about that. If you have purchased or owned real estate in the last, well, since uh, 2020, you're pretty happy. If you owned it beforehand, well, you're, you're, you're happy as well. 
your values have increased. Who remembers what this is? Who remembers this little dip in the marketplace right here? Anyone chuck that in the chat for me? Who remembers what happened here? <laughs> Buy well, never sell. That's right. That's the wit mantra. Who remembers what this little uh, blip in the radar uh, was here that had adjusted our uh, property market? Probably uh, the biggest adjustment we'd seen in a long time, uh, the tightening of lending. It was also the precursor, folks, the APRA, the APRA muck around, but it was also the APRA muck around, uh, and it was also the, um, the negative gearing, uh, negative VE, negative gearing uh, policy or um, not policy, the politics uh, talking about getting rid of negative negative gearing, negative gearing. <laughs> I need another coffee. So um, we had a little bit of an issue there. Now, it's interesting, and, and this is, you know, I'm going to get rid of this for a second and, and have a look. You know, there's a bit of uh, there's a bit of malarkey going on out there in the marketplace or in the media saying, oh, the property market, um, uh, prices are going down. Uh, and that's not, not, it's not true at all. Um, um, and certainly not necessarily every single property in the whole market is going down. That's complete rubbish. But what is happening is the rate of growth is slowing, okay? The rate of growth is slowing, okay? And, and this, is, this is what sort of grates my gears. The property market's a slow thing. It's not the share market and measuring property prices and property growth monthly is dumb as dog shit. Oh, excuse the French. Um, it's just dumb. It's just dumb. And uh, don't get caught up in that rubbish in any way, shape or form, folks. Um, so we've got to make sure we don't get uh, get uh, or think that the property market is like the share market. It's not. It's not like the share market. It's, it, it's ability to trade and go in and out uh, is very, very clunky okay so um but some people have been selling their properties trading through and uh the percentage of people making a profit um is uh is interesting for the moment right so we're having a look at a little bit of the statistics of some people sort of have sold properties from the two years prior to covid so this is prior 2020 and the number or the percentage of people selling a property before COVID started, which is sort of in this period here, all right, selling a property uh, on average across the marketplace, 16% of people lost money. Well, this is for me, maybe for you, a bit of a telltale sign, folks. That's why uh, for me, I don't like the idea of selling your properties. And this will be attached to, I can show you in a minute, um, it's attached to the length of time you own real estate. RP Data put out a, a pretty interesting, a pretty interesting study that uh, the average person owns a property just under six years and sells it for a loss. Um, when someone owns a property for just over nine years, they sold it for a profit. So the longer you own the property, the better off you are. Now, uh, in recent times, the number of people um, making a loss has diminished. So you know. On the converse, the number of people making a profit uh, has increased as well. In recent times, nice profits in property selling. Now, at the end of the day, 
the uh, the word profit, and this is part of the conversation today. The word profit uh, is a bit misleading, okay? Because I guarantee, I guarantee for a fact that these guys haven't put in uh, put in the costs. That's just the difference between what they purchased it for and what they sold it for, okay? And we'll talk about that in a minute. All right, we'll talk about that in a minute. But let's have a let's keep keep going to have a look at the stats. Um, you know, the holding period, the longer you hold these properties, the more likely it is if you were to sell those properties, you know, you would make a profit. And in the first couple of years, see this, this is the first couple of years, there is less likelihood of making a profit if you're buying and selling, right? If you're buying and selling. Now, we're going to talk about the holding costs, the in and out costs of a property sale in a minute. Um, but, uh, you know, Again, you know, supposedly apartments make more losses than houses. And why would that be? Well, most people are owner-occupiers here. This is your PPR space. Most people are in the principal place of residence and a lot of investors buy apartments for in for investments. It doesn't make apartments better or worse uh, or worse or better than a house for long-term ownership, <clears throat> what it just shows me um, is that more good-time Charlies, those who aren't committed for the long term, you know, end up in these spaces and then they sell their properties for loss. And, you know, for me that that doesn't um, that doesn't uh, mean too much. But at the end of the day, if we have a little look at the number of sales from July 2022, and, uh, you know, where most people end up, which is, you know, not making much of a profit. All right. So let's go back and have a little chat about why this is so. Let's talk about the in and out costs of buying real estate and what things. Um, let's go down here. I'm going to grab one of these here. So let's say this person here uh, has made. You know, let's call it, what's that, 200K, 200K, all right, 200K. Now, let's talk about it. What costs do we have to take out of our 200K, folks, to analyse um, and say, hey, we made a profit or not? Let's add up this right now. Let's do the in costs. What are the major in costs of buying real estate on the way in? depending on how you're borrowing and lending, but let's talk that through. Put it in the chat for me, uh, team, what um, uh, what you guys think. Uh, Deb saying, hey, Newcastle was on the news last night saying that there's leading place for auction clearance. Yes, right, okay, and, uh, and unit prices up. Well, there's a massive gap. There's a massive price gap, Deb, for sure, between apartments and houses at the moment, and... Um, that is going to be um, a real telltale sign into the near future of where people purchase because of affordability. And I think uh, apartments going to have a nice little run. Yeah, bank fees. Let's do it. So stamp duty, stamp duty on the way in. And let's do them in kind of like in sequence. Let's do it in sequence, yeah. Uh, let's do it in sequence. Stamp duty is probably the most uh, lenders, mortgage insurance, or other costs when it comes to the lender or bank. Yep, for sure. Um, you know, you've got your legals. 
and you've got your, you know, purchase costs, which is like, you know, um, depreciation, not depreciation, um, building inspections, pest inspections, et cetera, et cetera. And there's most of you guys are on that right there. Now, capital gains tax, Ellison, is on the other side. So, you know, some of these costs, folks, you know, they can add up to many thousands. You know, stamp duty on something for six or seven hundred thousand, you know, is fifteen grand or so, maybe even more sometimes. So let's call that twenty thousand dollars, twenty K on the way in, folks. Twenty K on the way in. Um <laughs> jump the gun, yes. <laughs> now, all right, let's have a look at what the costs are on the way out, folks. Okay, let's let's have a look at what the costs are on the way out. Let's calculate that. The number one cost on the way out, if you're if you're selling, yep, is again, uh, not again, but uh, now getting to um, uh, Allison's one, capital gains tax. That's your number one cost on the way out. What else on the way out? You've got to add up and you know have a little look. You know, land tax. If you have exposure to that, you've got to uh, you know add that up or take it out. It's kind of part of the the holding of the property. Um, on the way through, uh, if you have a bit of a look at what um, at what you've accumulated, Let, and let's let's just say um, let's just say we can get rid of land tax for this exercise, but it's kind of like a holding cost, really, at the end of the day. Um, yep. Okay. And then you got agents' fees. Agents' fees. You know they don't miss you, do they? Okay. Um, and um, you know again, you've got legals. You got legals. What else? Yep. yep. Photography, stylists, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Now someone said up there, Tracy said depreciation. Tell me. This is this is one that catches some people. Uh, what happens with depreciation? You claim depreciation, and this is another reason why I like the idea of never selling. Um, now when you claim depreciation, your PAYG tax variation. What happens when you sell a property, folks, with that depreciation? What happens to it? Tell me in the chat. Anyone know? Yep, depreciation report. Yeah, you got to get that up front. You're dead right, Trace. Yep, that's probably part of your purchase costs for sure. Um, tell me in the chat. Does anyone know? Yep, it comes off the profit. Well, it gets added back onto it. So, um, so what happens when you claim depreciation? Oh, I don't even know if that's a... Yep. What happens when you claim depreciation, it now gets added back. If you sell the property, it gets added back to the total value of the property, folks, and now you've got to pay capital gains tax on that. Now, is there such a thing as capital gains tax? No, there's actually not a capital gains tax. It's just just so everyone knows, all right? Yeah. So let's have a look at this. You know, capital gains tax, uh, how is it? Calculated capital gains tax. If you hold the property for twelve months, then you get a fifty percent discount on the uh, amount of property amount that is going to be taxed. So let's have a look at this. Let's do some rough math on this one. All right. If you made a two hundred k profit, and let's say you had twenty k of in costs, you would now be exposed to a hundred k. Let's say at thirty percent. Uh, if you're a 30% earner, uh, whatever it is, it, it might even be more than 30%. It's probably going to probably bump you up a bit more in that year. 
to be honest. Let's say you were normally earning 30%, then you'd be in the 40% range. So now you're going to pay 40K in capital gains tax. There's probably another 20K in agent's fees, ladies and gents, agent's fees. And, um, you know, it probably, you'd probably end up adding back 20K of depreciation as well. Um, so got some legals, depreciation, you know, let's put another 5K in there, okay? So when you look at it, you know, we've got where of 200K in, you know, all this talk about 200K profit, easily, 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 there's $85,000 worth of costs. That's real costs. And yeah, now it doesn't look that great, does it? I mean, it's better than a poke and eye with a sharp stick, obviously. <laughs> however, however, team, check it out. You know, so when we look at these things here, this is where, you know, oh, these people have made 200K. No, they bloody haven't. They haven't. And you know what? Let's talk about this just quickly, all right? Of the $200,000, oh, I'm going to quickly do this. I, I think we got time. Anyway. Let's call this $200,000. Let's call, you know, you, you own a property. Let's say you bought it for $600 uh, and now it's worth $800 and it's gone up $200K. Everyone following along? Probably, uh, probably haven't set this up properly, but we'll do it this morning just, just, to, just to show what I'm trying to uh, point out here, okay? So if we now can go, all right, 800 times that by 0.9 is 720. All right, let's say we can do get our equity unlocked, right? If we now do, if we get access to equity, okay, check it out. That's a 90% loan, 90% at 90% is 720. Now, minus that from, you know, your 800, or up from your 600, sorry, and that gives us 120K of equity. So if you go ahead and sell and make 200, you get 125K cash in your pocket or you can keep the property, keep the property, release the equity and get 120K. Tell me, in the chat, folks, does that make sense? What would you do? I know what I would do. What would you do? Sell the property, all this malarkey in and out, or just keep the property and release the equity and buy another one? I know what I would do when it comes to the process of owning and keeping and buying real estate. Keep it. Exactly, Margaret. Now, for all of us, this is the mathematics. This is the thing that you've got to calculate. Sometimes, sometimes, and it pains me to say sometimes, some investors are in a position where they are stuck and they can't move forward without liquidating one property. All right? and, and we've done I've done this before with some investors. We liquidate one property, but we end up being able to buy another two, right? So um, that's a challenge. Yeah. And Trace, that's you know, often with people who have lower incomes or at the, you know, at the on the back straight of their working life, 
a little bit more difficult to unlock that equity. Yeah, yep, yep, totally. So that is some challenges right there that we have. Um, but that's why not not everyone has exactly the same plan. You've got to be a bit flexible in how you go about it. Anyway, there you go. Uh, you know, first one back after a week off or uh, nine days off. I feel a bit rusty, but uh, hopefully that made sense. <laughs> but uh, there you go. Wealth Coffee Chat done and dusted today, folks. Um, but, yeah, listen, at the end of the day, selling is not all roses. And there's some costs we need to uh, understand. And uh, we need to cross-check our rationale. Can you unlock the equity? Can you get access to that? capital in another way and keep that property and move forward and and uh, go again. Um, and if that's the case, you know, happy days. All right, that's it. Wealth Coffee Chat done. You guys be awesome and well. Join me tomorrow. We'll do another one. We'll do another one. As always, team, if there is anything that you want me to uh, maybe talk through or chat about, you know, let me know. Leave it in the, leave it in the, uh, in the comments or the chat for me. Uh, And yes, if you're in our mentoring and coaching program tonight on the mentoring program, we are doing, well, we're doing something like this, actually. We're doing uh, debt recycling, how you can transform uh, owner-occupied debt into investment debt and then create incomes from it. Andy Fenton, our guest speaker, is coming tonight, plus myself, Sam and Tab will be there and uh, we're going to have a great time. Make sure you, uh, you come along. All right, folks. That's it. I'm done. Just rabbiting now. (laughs) You guys be well. Bye-bye. Have a great day.